Jake Hanna with Driving.ca joins us now. Jay, do you remember your very first car? Of course you do. What was it? It was a 2014 Ford Escape. Ah, as far as what I tested my, yeah. So my first test car was that the first car I got the keys to and legally drive was a 1987 Volvo 240 station wagon. I stayed single all through high school, and that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Mine was a 1982 Mm -hmm. Toyota Celica. Where is that car right now? I say Uh, Celica. I know some people yeah. say Celica, but uh, yeah. how long did you have it for? 15 years. And, and I, it got towed away. Oh. I donated it to uh, a local cause for a tax receipt. But yeah, Interesting. it was... I did, the, I did the exact same thing, but to a high school. And they're like, here's a $500 tax receipt. Off you go. So Good on I, you for I, that. Yeah, well, good on you for that. Good on us for that. How about that? Yeah, this is the mutual admiration society. You know, interesting <laughs> Volvo now. I drive a Volvo. I drive an uh, an XC60. What and, year? Uh, it is a uh, a 2020. That was my pandemic vehicle. Oh, <laughs> what was the one factor that that drove you to get a Volvo out of any other manufacturer out there? You know, it's interesting because I I looked at the the BMWs. Uh, mm-hmm. I looked at the Audis. Uh, I looked at the Land Rovers and just the way this thing drove, the way it handled, the way it felt, uh, I just felt that, yeah, I, I, I like this vehicle. And, uh, you know, and, and this is my last gas-powered vehicle. I, I've made that proclamation and I make Ooh. it again. That's my very last one. The next one, which will probably be in in a couple of years will be an EV and when I had the Volvo serviced uh, about a month ago I, I asked the local GM you know tell me about the EVs and he said well since January given the gas prices half of the new sales have been in the Volvo EVs half in Manitoba where there's no subsidies <laughs> more important than the subsidy though is the infrastructure I think there are several people willing to pay full pop for a car that's an EV if they can charge it publicly. Yes, you'll you know 99% of people will install a level two in their homes if they got a full EV. Um, but there's sometimes when you're out or you're road tripping or you're day tripping or you just you need that extra charge for whatever reason. So with that, are you still fully on board with an EV if there's no subsidies? And you know, nothing against the province of Manitoba or Winnipeg or anything included in sure. there. But I don't know if the infrastructure will be built in time in, let's say, a couple of years when your lease or finance comes up to do a full conversion of the EVs. And I think that's one of the biggest obstacles happening right now. And it's an interesting conversation because in the last couple of weeks, we've seen announcements by the federal government in Manitoba and Saskatchewan where, you know, 200 uh you know, high charge, uh, fast charge stations will be mm. will be built. So there's there's that priming of the pump, if you will. Um, right. But I I had this conversation with, uh, and interestingly enough, uh, Volvo 
and this is not an ad for Volvo, but they have a partnership with Starbucks. This is not an ad for Starbucks. But the vision <laughs> here is that uh, you don't have to go to a gas station to power up, that at some point you'll be going to the local Starbucks for 15 minutes having a, you know, a, a frappuccino or whatever mm-hmm. as your vehicle is charging. So when we look at infrastructure, to me, you, you start to see more of these sales in the provinces. You'll, that will naturally follow um, based on your simple supply and demand. If there's right. a demand for charge stations, it's going to happen not just at the traditional fuel outlets. It's going to happen, uh, you know, anywhere where you you're parking for a while, and it's probably in the best interest of businesses if they want you to spend some time there that they put up these fast chargers because that's a good investment for them. So I'm I reckon that's kind of how this is going to unfold in the next few years. But having said that, gas prices go down another 50 cents. Maybe it changes everything. What do you think, Jay? I think you're absolutely right. And people were spooked, rightfully so, a few months ago when gas was, you know, about 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. We finally cracked the $2 a liter mark. And, you know, there's this, I'm not driving, I'm not doing road trips, I'm going to get an EV right away. And it's a common reaction, right? When, when your gas prices skyrocket that much, and, you know, it's... It can be intimidating. Like, well, I don't have the extra 50, 60, 70 bucks a month to spend, or I don't want to spend it. Um, Cycling back to your Starbucks point, I think that's exactly it. It's a lot of front-loaded investments for malls and coffee shops and Tim Hortons and, like you said, wherever people are stopping for 15, 20 minutes, half an hour. Um, But do these companies, A, do they see a vision that EVs really are going to be the future? And do they have all that money? Because you can't just put one in. You've got to put at least maybe two, three, four, and that comes at a cost. And it's not just the install. It's the servicing of them. And I don't know what it's like in Manitoba, but whenever um, my partner, Steph, and I uh, do our car reviews and we have EVs, it's a gamble to try and find a working EV station. And where I live, I'm just in the middle of Mississauga, there's 20, I think 21 level two chargers within a five-kilometer radius, but you know, I'd say maybe maybe six or seven of them work often enough. So it's great if these are built, but it's, it's how well and how often they work. That's a great point, because to me, unless you have that availability and accessibility, you know, you may get on that, I'm going to do something about climate change and, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately save some money in the end, and then, boom, you look at the nuts and bolts of this, and there are, are very few nuts and bolts, and you end up parking the vehicle and taking the bus, and the bus doesn't get you there. And, and that's exactly it. And if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's work, is that working from home is a completely viable option that can be sustained. And there is a completely different set of problems that come along with that, which may be another episode for us. But the reliance upon cars is declining, I feel, since the pandemic. There's no more got to leave at 7 to be at the office for 8 and pay for parking and struggle my way home in rush hour. It's okay. Well, I'm just going to keep the car parked. I'm only going to go out for groceries, errands, um, to see family, to take the kids to whatever activities they have. So, you know, as odd as it is to say for someone who reviews cars for a living, the dependence on the automobile is... I feel slowly coming down. I don't think it'll ever be extinct, 
but it's not what it was in 2017, 18, and 19. Check out Modern Motoring on YouTube for his car reviews. Jake Hanna is with us. Richard in for Ben. Hey, you can weigh in. Text us at 877-399-9898-877-399-9898. The head of General Motors today promised that the company will sell more electric vehicles in the United States than Tesla. Our guest will weigh in on that and other issues when it comes to our driving habits as we continue. Richard Cluche in for a vacationing, Ben. Good on Ben on taking some time off. This is ABC's Sherry Preston on the CEO of General Motors promising that the company will sell more electric vehicles in the U.S. than Tesla. GM CEO Mary Barra has said that by the middle of the decade, less than two and a half years away, her company will sell more electric vehicles than Tesla, far and away the global leader when it comes to EVs. To fulfill the pledge, Barra's company will have to deal with market forces that weren't around just a few months ago, spiking inflation, interest rate hikes, and a computer chip shortage that has hobbled manufacturers. The GM CEO is telling the AP that General Motors will beat Tesla by building more specialty vehicles and those with a longer range that are more affordable to more people. Jake Hanna is with us, driving.ca. Do you believe that prognostication by the CEO of General Motors? Slightly, and only for the financial reason. GM has the ability and the resources and the capital to build smaller, more affordable vehicles. I'm really iffy on the longer range. I don't think that's going to happen. But people don't need 500, 600 kilometers worth of range. People can get by just fine with 300, 350. Yes, there's the odd case of a road trip or some, you know, insert asterisks here where you might need that longer range you're used to with an internal combustion engine vehicle. But I would say for 9.9 out of 10 people, that 300 kilometers, 400 kilometers of range is fine. You have a level two charger at home. You have just enough public charging to get you by. And we're all working from home. So uh, the range thing, I don't. I think people are a little too fixated on that. Yes, it's important. It's crucial. It's a big stumbling block for a lot of people because it's, just, it's a new technology. We don't yeah. know much about it's it. It's the psychology of it too, isn't it? You know, the mm-hmm. whole idea is that, well, I should be able to go, you know, 800 kilometers here, not 300 kilometers because I like to get in and drive and, 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 not, and not stop. Stop. But I also right. look at this from um, where vehicle sales are in Canada, and Quebec has a subsidy, and that's where the majority of EVs are being sold right now. So how much of this is, you know, people saying, well, I'm going to cash in on this because the prices are high at the front end. I get the subsidy. This is going to help us out. But in the end, you want people to make sound decisions based on the numbers, not necessarily the the incentives, correct? That's, that's exactly it. it. It couldn't have been said better by anybody. That's it. And in BC and Quebec, there's incentives and people are buying them. So for a bit of an outside-of-the-box example, Mazda released a little EV last year, kind of flew under the radar. It's called the MX-30. It's got 160 kilometers of range by all accounts for 2022 Um, and my partner put it perfectly. This is a perfect car six years ago when 160, 200 kilometers of range was revolutionary. But 
you incentivize it enough, and I don't think the entire province of Quebec, and I don't think the entire province of BC is suffering with driving CVs with three, four, or 500 kilometers of range, they make it work. So, sure, I'm sure just like when we flip from cassettes to CD players, you know, that technology will come at some point where there is an EV that throws out 700 clicks, maybe 800 clicks. But I think what we have now is completely adequate. And for those that are a little worried and on the fence, it's only going to get better range-wise as the years go on. Why not the hybrid solution? Because for many, that's what the solution is. A little bit of both. I, I'm fully on board with the hybrid. So did a massive road trip to the Gaspé region of Quebec with Steph for a modern motoring piece. And we chose the all-new 2023 Kia Sportage hybrid for that very reason. We couldn't do an EV. There's not enough charging infrastructure. And we didn't want to take a gasoline car because it's like over two bucks a liter. So we figured, well, it's... Just like you said, let's find the best of both worlds. Let's pick up a hybrid, and off we go. So we got about 730-ish clicks per tank, and it was a great solution because you have the gasoline engine when you need it, and you have the hybrid technology to get you through on slower speeds in city city situations. So I hope hybrid sales pick up a lot more, and I think they just might because EVs are still kind of unattainable. There's that block between consumer and product because there's not enough charging. There's not enough range, according to some consumers. But if you want something right now that satisfies the green side of you and the practical side of you, hybrids are where it's at. How much money is there to be saved? Depending on how you look at it, you can save money up front with a hybrid. So maybe 40, 50K for something that's decently packaged out. Or you pay the 60, 70K up front for an EV and hope that it lasts you eight, nine, 10 years so you could finally level out at the end of that by not going to gas stations. But you still have to pay for the electricity, whether you're charging at home or if you're charging at a public location. So it's, to pay, it's a lot of it's financial as well. If you have the 70, 80K and you want to go green, absolutely get an EV. If you don't have that, if you have a little less, but you still want to make an impact and not be a complete um, user of gasoline only, then the hybrids are exactly the perfect solution in today's world. Richard, in for Ben, uh, talking to Jay of Driving.ca. Check out Modern Motoring on YouTube for his car reviews. What's the best EV on the market right now? To me, the best EV and the one I would put my money behind is the Kia EV6. Hmm. It looks like a regular gasoline car. It's not too widely designed. All of the interior bits and pieces are not overly futuristic. I'm a little old-fashioned at 44. Uh, Take from that what you will. But as a comparison to the cousin car, the Hyundai Ioniq 5, which is completely futuristic, looks beautiful in its own right, but some people just aren't ready to drive a car from the you know, quote-unquote future today. So I think the EV6 has the right price point in the 40s. You can go up or down a little bit depending on trim. Looks great, feels great, lots of range. All-wheel drive is an option. All the bells and whistles are available to you that you'd get in a regular gasoline car. Less than a minute left. When we're having this conversation five years from now, mm-hmm. how many EVs are out there in Canada? In five years from now, in Canada, I'm going to say about 
35 to 40%. We better have the infrastructure by then. Ontario is going to be the stumbling block because when our premier took power four years and a few months ago, he scrapped the incentive for it. And that's why there's hardly any EV sales in here compared to Quebec and uh, British Columbia. Incentivize it and the people will come in droves. 15, yeah, great conversation. Oh, you too. Thank you, Richard.